Hits! Dean's laughing at me, clapping my hands there. I'm the worst at giving a clap slate there. That's all right. Hold that laugh in. That is the almost laugh of my guest, Dean Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) I am Justin Severson, the host who gets to do this each and every week here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Minneapolis! Minneapolis! That's right. Janet was just here. Was? Oh, was he? Yeah. Did you go? I worked at the show oh. selling beers. Oh, nice, nice, yes. nice! Quick little, uh, quick little story about working the Janet Jackson concert in mm-hmm. St. Paul a few months ago. I'm in the hallway selling beers. This woman comes up to me. Uh, should I describe what she? I'll just say, I'll just say this. She goes, comes up to me with this very confused look on her face, and she goes, "Can I ask you a personal question?" Oh. And I'm thinking, where is this possibly going right. to go? Right. I said, sure, of course. She's like, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Oh, this is getting worse. Okay, sure, go ahead. I almost want you to describe her, but that that would, I think, inform the story more. So maybe. So she goes, why? She goes, okay. So you don't have to answer if you want, but are all of these women prostitutes? I said, what? She goes, okay. So. I'm from a small town in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. I've never been here before. I see, are, all, are really all these women here prostitutes? I said, what? What do you mean? Right. Look at how they're dressed. Oh, wow. So that's what's going on out there, Dean. Yeah. A woman showed up to Janet Jackson. Yeah. And because women were dressed as their, you know, their going out outfits. I, I guess she's never listened to the Velvet Rope album. No. <laughs> no. She's never heard Rope Burn, the no. track, <laughs> or any time, any place. That's interesting. That, I, I was thinking she was going that way, but uh, wow, that that's mainly, especially because Janet's not putting out um, like new music right Um, like you're 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 going to a janet jackson concert so you're getting the classics off of control and rhythm nation and then velvet rope and so you would think someone that even if you you casually stumble onto control or but if you hear control then you had to hear nasty nasty boy you know so there's a balance where janet has always been very uh Sexually empowering for women and sexually uh, open. I won't say promiscuous, but she's very comfortable in her sexuality. So to hear someone that spent money, that, like if it's one thing if she was an usher and she's just working. The Good gig. point. Because they see everything and they, 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 they right. just have to show up to work. Great point. Right. But if you Great came from small town Minnesota and you'd never been to a Janet Jackson, you would think, okay, well, you're at least. You're before you drive the car, you test drive it. So if you're going to a Janet concert, you're going to want to become somewhat familiar with it. I think the woman was an alien. That's what it that is. That must be it. She was an alien. I will say, so uh, the people that were dressed to the nines that she was accusing as being prostitutes, I have a feeling they were looking at her and how she was dressed going, right. did she know she was going out tonight? Right. Oh, was she very, like, very mild? Oh, it mannered. was the same clothes she did housework in earlier oh, in the day. Wow. Oh, I can wow. guarantee it. Wow. I can guarantee so, I'm it. sure there are Amish people that go to a Janet Jackson concert, like, you know, for the rum spring, and they're like, this is turned up, you know. <laughs> Damn right. That's, that's crazy to me. <laughs> or it seems crazy. That, that seems an interesting juxtaposition of her perspective, her perspective versus what she expected of Janet Jackson's yeah. concert and her concert goers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, I was here, speaking of shows, I was here last night seeing your show. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> and it was great. Oh, thank it you. It was sir. great. Of course, Thanks, Nate yes. Nickel was uh, performing, James yeah. Moore. We had the contest going on. Yeah, yeah the contest, man. Shout out to, um, I met, I think there was Doug, Becca, and I forgot the guy's name who won. Um, jeez, I feel you're bad. not gonna get any help from me. I yeah, don't no. Uh, but they all, they all. I, I spoke to each of them. Um, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said uh, when when uh, one guy came off stage because I said to um, the the, uh, the features name is uh, James. Yep. So James was in the back. I like watching the newer comics. New 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 comedians. Comics love watching comics, but especially you love watching new comics because a it reminds you of when you first started, and you know you you see them, uh, you know, making all those sort of uh, you know freshman er not errors, but just the ticks of you know don't know what to do with the mic cord and <laughs> uh, and so the first comic he went on stage and he went and. You know, that's a long walk from the back of the house to the stage. So as he got the as he got introduced, he walked up like so casually. I was like, oh, this dude, he owns this place. Cause I, I said to James, I was like, oh, he's just sauntering up, right? With without without uh fear. So I was like, oh, he I said, I said, I like his swag. And he he went into his um he went into his, his opener and he was talking about, you know, uh what what people should expect and what you're going to see great comic t comedy tonight. You might not get or whatever. And then he said something with the, 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 where he stumbled over. And once the, once he stumbles, I saw his confidence just drop 70%. And I said, "Why?" Well, I said, that's crazy. Cause that's what happened when you're, when you're, when you're newer, because I don't know, maybe he might he might be a, a comic that's been out here for a couple of years, and I'm just not familiar with him. True. But when you're newer, um, you still have if if you do something where you have a slight stomach where they, maybe you you allow the saliva in your mouth to build up too much, so now you have to take a deep gulp right in the middle of your your setup or your punchline can just throw off your rhythm, you know. And so I so after you came off stage at the end of the of the contest, and then uh, James the feature was on stage. I said to him, I said, "Hey man, good set." He was like, <laughs> "I said no, see, I said I give anybody credit for." going on stage, especially in a comedy contest. Cause contests for comedy, it's it's hard to I've always believed it's hard to gauge if two people make the audience laugh and both get standing ovations, how do you grade that? How do you say one was better than the other? I I, I like that um here at Acme they have the 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 staff I think um actually actually grades it and grades on stage uh stage presence oh, yeah. and and joke creativity. writing and creativity yeah. mm -hmm. and so i like that because at least there there's a numeral system where you can trace back okay this person got this many points this person got this many yep. so that's more than just saying well i just liked them better well, i liked her better you right. know um so i gave him gave him dap and then uh, I spoke to Becca at the end of the night when everyone was exiting. She she had her group of friends, and I was like, "Yo, you!" I enjoyed her because she had um, a different type of stage presence than uh, than the first guy. Um, and then later on in our conversation, she told me her and her sister 
grew up in theater. And I said, that makes sense. I could see that. Yep. I, I, I could see you were very comfortable on stage and you weren't putting on a, uh, you were doing, obviously you were performing, but it was very casual in uh, in her approach. And then the last dude, he just, he was a joke machine, man. He was funny. He, I, mean, I, he, he, I think he... Uh, he's from somewhere in Africa, I think he said, and so that's why I, I, his name escapes me. But from start to finish, and it was only three minutes, right. but in three minutes he was banging them out, man. He was. I was like, yo, I said, I said, uh, I, 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 I said to him, I said, oh well, I'll see you. I think on Saturday, because um, I, I thought Hannah, uh, the manager, said that. Uh, the winner comes back and does like a guest spot on one of the late later oh, shows I don't know. later That's in possible. the weekend. I'm not sure. He he didn't know either because oh. he said he said, man, I uh I was just I I had to, I thought I was going to leave here by such and such time, but they told me I had to wait until the end of the show, and I was like, oh my bad, I didn't, because I, I I went I think I did ninety minutes, <laughs> you know. What a night to do extra time, Dean. <laughs> Emoji. These Let's guys see. are waiting to hear if they won. Yeah, I didn't, and I you're you know, trying out new material. My bad. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> so for people that weren't here, at one point, Dean on stage last night goes, hey, uh, my set ended 25 minutes yeah. ago. Uh, I'm just trying out new yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know what it is? Like, like, going to a club, well, Wednesdays and Thursday night shows are always, to me, are for the comic. Because I mean, obviously they're for the audience because they they paid to see you. But when I say they're for the comic, it's because there's to me there's less pressure on Friday and Saturday. Um, a because you don't have the pressure of a show afterwards. Right. Whereas Friday and Saturday they're doing two shows, so those early shows you got to keep tight because the club has to flip the room yep. in order for them to clear out the patrons, clean the house, and then bring in new patrons for the next show. Wednesday and Thursday. Um, you come in and you're like, okay, I don't have to worry about a second show and I can just have fun. And these, anyone that comes out on a weeknight for comedy, <laughs> those are fans. Those are people that love laughing and aren't waiting for the standard. I need date night Friday, date night Saturday right. to go out. So they're going out. So you, I look at, I look at those audiences as, as sort of, uh, you know, we're all on a journey into uncharted territory. And so I'm going to have, I know I'll have like my set list of material that I'm going to do. But um, even before I got here last night, I said, you know what? Um, I think I want to, um, I want to take some old jokes that I've been wanting to add some, some, uh, you know, meat to. Uh, I know there's more on the bone that I can chew on. Uh, but then I also have a couple of new ideas where I just might randomly want to yell out, "What arms, what old pond? <laughs> <laughs> I caught that last yeah, night. Good yeah, stuff. It's just, just random thoughts, and I and I, I you know, on Friday and Saturday, I won't come out with my with my uh, my uh, notes on my phone out. Sure. But I set my timer and and my uh, to record the set, and I had my notes out, and I was like, you know what, I won't lean on them because I because I kind of have the bullet points of what I want to talk about. But every so often, I'm gonna get lost in one thing 
and and let the stream of consciousness take me um, wherever it may, and hopefully they'll ride with me. Because once they like you, you can you can go anywhere. Oh yeah, you know. And then they seem to like me, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna have a good time. Oh yeah, people were digging it. It, yeah. was, it was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. So I listened back to the last time you were here, and right at the end, uh-huh. I said to you, I go, now if we keep on this normal pace, mm-hmm. you'll probably be back when it's warm out. And uh-huh. you said, Lewis, uh-huh. please bring me back when it's warm out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here we are. Thank you, Lewis. Last time it was uh, <laughs> yeah. four degrees, yeah. I believe, when you. Yeah, the day we were recording now yes. i think today's high is going to be 96 yeah so yeah. a bit of a difference there oh a big drastic difference but then yeah. what you said right after that was about how uh you it went right into about manifesting things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. about how the time before mm-hmm. you had um at one point, you told me you had written down that you wanted to get a special on yeah. Netflix for a half yeah. hour, and then it ended up happening yeah. with Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. yeah. And then last year, after uh-huh. you said that stuff, you're like, and now my next thing is I want the hour. Yeah. Yeah. How, where are we now? Oh, that's funny. That, well, that's funny. I just <laughs> someone uh, someone reached out to me. This uh, production company slash director. He reached out to me uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and this, and we'd been playing phone tag. I was out of country for a couple of weeks gigging and I said, you know, let's, uh, let's have a meeting about it at noon East coast time, which is 11 o'clock, uh, you know, uh, Minneapolis time, because I want to make sure I can tell them on the podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we just, we, we, we're, we, we're in talks. That's we awesome. are in talks about it. Um, because it's time, you know, I think people, people have been requesting for a long time. Um, I love what Netflix gave me the, the, uh, the platform to do, um, but I obviously I have based on me going long last night, I have a lot more I want to say. Yeah. Um, and so right now I think that the challenge is just de- de- determining whether or not we, as far as me and my team, whether we want to do something more independent and less traditional, like with a separate, uh, production company and then bring it and sell it to, uh, Netflix, sure. Amazon prime, Hulu, HBO. So or, many choices. Now. Yeah. Or, or wait for the gatekeepers to say, yes, we, we deem you qualified and you're worthy um, because now so many people are, there's more power um, in, uh, there's more power in the hands of the creatives, right? You know, I think what this, um, this strike, you know, the, the Writers Guild and Actors Guild right now are striking yeah. against Hollywood producers uh, and the pro- uh, production structure in Hollywood and it's also their bottom line is going to suffer harder than the actor that has to wait tables, right? Because you have they have shareholders, and sure. shareholders are like, hey, look, we we need to see a return on on our investment. We need our money. I'm I'm losing money right now. So do whatever you got to do. And it's and it's also greed. I mean, corporate greed at its yeah. at its height, at its pinnacle, where you can't you can't get mad at an actor that says, no, I don't want you to uh, have the ability to take my voice and my likeness and use AI to fill in the blanks, you know, like for myself as, as, as someone that is also has had success in the, the world of voiceovers, right? Um, I had, I, I did voiceover work for Eddie Murphy on uh, Tower Heist, the movie Tower Heist. Um, I, 
uh, Malcolm Lee, the director, brought me into ADR for Bernie Mac after Bernie Mac passed away on the movie Soul Man with uh, with Samuel Jackson. And I went in, I was brought into ADR loop. I forget what ADR stands for, but essentially it's when they record, when they shoot a movie, said Bernie Mac, if, if in the movie he says, well, that ain't how it goes. But the boom mic didn't, didn't get a good uh, recording of it. So then I have to come in and they play it a couple of times and then they have the beeps in my headphones and I, I have... And then I have to match the cadence, pace, and timing of what he says. And for a lot of actors, that's that's the bread and butter. Because I've made far more money off of the residuals, off of off of just those two projects alone. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Because you get paid every time residual income for many um, many actors um, specifically and and also writers and just the the different creatives behind the scenes they get paid when when these projects are run on television and on cable um, which are the same thing right um, <laughs> but with streamers it's different because they they have um, they don't have the they don't um, they don't share the the numbers and viewership yeah. so you know something that says you know number one on number top ten on Netflix this week, and you see something and is there. You don't know how much uh, how many people have watched that sure. because they don't. This they, week's number one might be a million less than last week's number one. Right, right, but right. that's still a million people watch it, which means somebody's making money off of that. But if you're if you're cutting out the talent uh, from getting a portion of that pie, yeah, you the producer. Um, are getting richer off of of that, but you're not you're not now you know letting the money trickle down to the people who actually helped create that project. So you legit have a you know personal interest in this thing because oh, yeah. you don't want a computer uh, replacing no. Eddie Murphy's voice next not, time. Not at all. I j I just recorded something for uh, DreamWorks right before the strike uh, started. You know, um, when is an, another an, another donkey thing? You know, and that's that's I mean that's been a great. It's been, you know, thank you. I've been fortunate enough to to voice a donkey, a donkey, as Eddie Murphy says, a donkey for all things Shrek when when Eddie's not available, and that's probably the majority of the time he does all the movies, and they're like, well, Eddie's not gonna, you know, record for uh, Universal Theme Park. Uh, Thailand, but Dean will, you know, <laughs> Dean, will, Dean will take that check, you know, and and so yeah, that's that's um that's what uh the the um strike is about, you know, not like the theme parks are different than SAG and AFTRA and Writers Guild, but sure, all the same uh the same same idea, you know. I have to ask you about as I was doing my you know looking stuff up. What's Dean been up to in the last year? Uh, you know what I? And there's a huge one I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I w I worked on a play, uh, race the movie the play. Yes. Um, I you know because I know Justin Justin always does such great research. So I already I was like I know he's gonna want to know about the play. So yep. summer 2022. Um, these these comics had written. I'm gonna give you the quickest version of the story I can give. These comics, uh, Brett Raybould, Christian Duran during the um. During the pandemic, they wrote a play 
They wrote a movie, I'm sorry, a screenplay. It started out just as a sketch. Um, it was called Not Another Slave Movie, right? And then that turned into a full-on, full-length screenplay called Race, the Movie, the Play. And it's a spoof on the Hollywood tropes of sort of the, the uh, Oscar-bait race movies from The Green Book to The Help to Driving Miss Daisy, um, 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. All of those movies where there's a white savior, right? And so um, they wrote this, this amazing screenplay. They entered it into a screenplay writing contest, some prestigious screenwriting contest. They won it, um, had a bunch of meetings with different people in Hollywood, different producers, and they all loved, they were like, screenplay's amazing. Hey, you can't make this movie. And they were like, what do you mean? They said, no, it's, it's too, you know, it's just right now is not the time to discuss race. They're like, right now is not the time. <laughs> we <laughs> <not> are. now, <laughs> then when, right? So they, they you know, being the, the creators that they are, they said, you know what? Let's go right to the people. Let's, let's uh, convert it from a screenplay to an actual theatrical play. They submitted to the New York Theater Festival. It got accepted, and then they're like, "Geez, now we got to make a play." Uh, they they found they found me. We didn't know each other. They re- you I, didn't. I never. I always. I will meet pretty much with with anyone um, as long as they go through the right channels, right? And and they have something worth talking about. So I met with um, Brett Ovone. He said we have the screenplay. I said, you know what? I'll, I'll read it. I was going out of country for a couple of weeks. I read it. Page one had me laughing. I said, dude, I'm in. They initially only had me in mind to play a smaller role. And I said, you know what? I'd love to play this character um, named, his name is Gene Yus, right? <laughs> uh, he was the Mahershala Ali character um, from the Green Book. Um Who's more the straight character? I my my character didn't have as much funny, but I you know I also you know want to show people that I I have some acting chops. There you go. And so uh, I I sort of sacrificed myself being the 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 funny to help ground the play. Um, we we did a sold out run during the New York Theater Festival. We wound up winning Best Actor. Um, I got nominated for Best Actor with my co-star, uh, Brett, who's also one of the producers and writers. He won it. Um, and then we also won Best Original uh, original Play. Uh, I think it was Best... best yeah, best. I want to say best screenplay, but it was just Best Original Play. And we would have we won Best Play... But we, our show ran long because it was we got so many laughs that we ran long. So that let us know, okay, we have something. We we did it a couple of times during the uh, New York Comedy Festival, just readings where we were at, oh, at cool. like the Village Underground Comedy Club and Stand Up New York in, in Manhattan. And that let us know, okay, we didn't need to even, we didn't have our costumes and wardrobe, no staging, and people responded to it. So wow. then they said, all right, we're going we're gonna to put the show on its feet for a month long run in May. Um, and we we wound up, I did I did a lot of media and we wound up selling out like our last week and a half of shows. We got extended for another week. Um, and now we're in the process of looking for, we have some financiers that are um, interested in helping 
take the show to the proverbial next level, which would be um, not necessarily Broadway, possibly remaining off Broadway. Um, I know they'd love to do like a Broadway run, but Broadway, you have to have at least a thousand seats. And I think our show at this current uh, moment works best in a theater, like a 180 to 200 some odd uh, seat theater. Because, it, but it's a great show because people, people's response has been so so phenomenal, and having having such a diverse audience sitting in the in the house with us every night, you know, where you have black, white, Latino, Asian, old, young, and everyone saying, you know what, I felt I, I felt comfortable. I had one woman um, uh, say during one of our Q and A talkbacks, she said, you know what, um, because of language, um, there were a couple of times I got nervous. Um, with the way the N-word was being used in this play. Uh, she said, but what I appreciate was I intru- I put my trust in you all and you didn't disappoint because of the way you addressed it. And it was, was, but people kept saying the show's so smart and that's what felt good. And people were like, this show is funny, but damn, it's so smart. It's, ri- it's incredibly well-written and, and the ultimate goal is to turn Race the Movie the Play into Race the Movie the Play the Movie, which I, <laughs> which I believe will happen. It's, Man, it's, I hope that happens. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we had, we had some people say, it's like Mel Brooks on steroids and that was like the ultimate uh compliment i want to read the uh description that when you pull this up on google what it okay. is winner of the new york theaters festival new york theater festival's best script and best actor award race the movie the play follows a white chauffeur chauffeur named <laughs> wyatt savior <laughs> aka white savior aka brett raybold is his real name right as you've mentioned him mm-hmm. who serves as the driver for a brilliant black musician named gene yes dean edwards on a tour through the 1850s deep south yeah. now i listened to you and uh brett on a different podcast okay. and at one point you said uh let's see you said people left feeling better after yeah. the show yeah that what, was that what was, does that mean it, it meant that people walked out believing that they could discuss race hear about race and discuss race in a, in a safe space a safe forum um and walk away maybe a little more enlightened than they were. You know, I had I had many uh, white patrons come up saying, you know, I never thought of it that way. I never I never realized that this was a problem. You know, and and represents representation being um, such a necessity in the world of entertainment and Hollywood. You know, and. I, I just it's, it was it's just a show I'm very proud to be a part of. And, and I told them from from the first time I met them, I said, listen, I don't know what celebrity I bring to the show or what sort of notoriety I can bring to the show. I said, but I'd love to, um, you know, just be part of this project. I'm, so I'm also one of the producers on the uh, on the show as well. And that's that's I mean, that took up. I'm actually on the road so much now because. I was in the theater for uh, you know a little over a month, and being home for that long of a stretch affects my bottom lines. So I like I gotta get out and 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 hit the road. Sure, and you know and um, but it's it's it it's been I'm excited to to see what what comes next with the show because I I'm very proud of uh, I sound like such a producer. I'm very proud of our team and. What we've accomplished? Hey, why not? You should but, be. It, but but no, I I, I think I I, I praise um, Brett and Christian because they they set out to to make some magic, um, 
and it just it went into the stratosphere of what what started as a sketch. Let's make sure that if it ends up being a movie that uh, Dean Edwards doesn't get recast. All no, right. they, and you know it's funny you say that because they keep saying they're like, no, this this is Dean's role, and I I, I mean I I I like to think that uh, I bring uh, a certain. Um, a certain uh, I want to say gravitas, but I, I like to I like showing that I have some range, you know. And there, there's some dramatic. There, there are a few funny scenes that I'm part of, but there's also one or two dramatic moments that I I just got some really wonderful um, you know compliments from other talented actors and other talented uh, comics. And comics are you know comics are hard to please, you know, comics are, I won't say jaded, but we've seen it all and right. we know all of the tricks. And so to have everyone from Keith Robinson to Godfrey, uh, to Dante Nero, uh, you know, Derek Gaines just had so many great, uh, um, uh, Jeff Ross, he did one of the readings with us and he was like, ah, oh, buddy, this, this is great. You know, just, and, and, and that's, what's been for me very rewarding is, is, is seeing the response both of my peers that are comics that took time out of their busy schedules to say, nah, I'm going to pay for a ticket to come watch this show and leave. And them saying, nah, man, it was dope. That was really funny. And it was, it was, it was real smart um, to the audience members that walk away saying, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I feel better informed now. You yeah. know, that's the that's you know honestly that's the goal of of great artists to to you know entertain but also share some insight and reflect the the world around you. So I only wish there was a way I could have uh, already seen it before I right. talked to you. But you know, down the line somewhere, maybe it'll be an excuse for me to get to New York hey, again man. someday. Uh, I'd love for you to see. Uh -huh. it that, that would be fantastic. Um, we just hit a half hour, but I cannot leave without bringing it up because you have a joke. I don't want to give away the joke, but I something happened to me recently that, I mean, it ties in so perfectly mm. with one of your uh, jokes. I don't know if it's I first time I'd heard it was last night. Okay, we'll just do do a quick. Uh, it's you. You're talking about being a black man mm -hmm. and walking behind a oh. white woman, mm -hmm. and what that can look like and what that can lead to and all that. Right? Uh, it's a very funny joke. In Thank fact, you. I. I took a little note. There's, uh -huh. this is just no one else is going to get this unless they heard the joke. But I'm going to say uh -huh. that when you say one one thousand, two one thousand, oh. <laughs> I was dying. I was dying. That might have been my favorite thing of the night. Is you counting that? So uh, nobody else gets sweaty. that unless they saw it. But I'm telling you, that is so funny. <laughs> oh, thanks, so bro. funny. Thank you, Justin. Anyway, what recently happened to me uh, is something kind of similar. Mm. And where I was, it was dark. Mm -hmm. uh, it was at it was it was at night. I was downtown St. Paul. I was going to be walking to my car, and there was pretty dead, mm -hmm. which is typical of downtown St. Paul in the evening. Right. Anyway, somebody was uh, there. I had to walk across a bridge there, and I saw someone. Uh, it's not the best neighborhood over here where okay. I park my car. In any okay. case, I'm walking. Why I'm about to walk there? across this bridge, and I start eyeing up who's on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they're walking super slow. Okay. And I'm like, oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up to them. Is that gonna be an issue? Right, possibly? right, right. So I'm eyeing then I'm eyeing them up. It uh -huh. was a guy. It was a white guy uh -huh. by himself, just like me, white uh -huh. guy by himself. And I thought, ah. Uh, I think this is gonna be okay. If yeah. I pass him, I don't uh -huh. think he's gonna. I don't know. I'm, who knows what I'm expecting bad right, is going to happen, right. but, you know, just, I didn't get that vibe. Okay. Right? So, I get up to him, I'm, you know, I'm not just walking at a normal pace, he's very slow. I get up to him, and I'm looking down, because I had to write this down, because I didn't want to forget exactly, uh, 
I often screw up people's quotes. This is what he said to me mm. when I got up. I'm going like this. I just pass him, and I think that there's going to be no, uh, no confrontation whatsoever. I'm just yeah. walking right past him. He goes, motherfucker, scare me like that again, and I will fuck you up. Oh, wow. Sorry to talk to you like that, but don't fucking do that again. Oh, wow. Wow. That's I'm like, uh, what, dude? Uh -huh. And I just kept walking. Uh -huh. What was I supposed to do right, right there? Right, right. What was I supposed to <laughs> do right there? And here's the problem, Dean. Uh -huh. The whole time I didn't say he was like this, staring mm -hmm. at his phone. Mm -hmm. So he didn't see me coming. Right. And yeah. as you say in your joke, yeah. pay it, let this be a lesson to people. Yeah. Pay attention to your surroundings. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference between cautious and prejudice. And we all should be a little more cautious. Yes. Um, just aware of the world that we're we're moving through, right? Yes. Like so, as if if that's me and I'm walking up to him, even because it, it's it's also once once it's me now, there's a racial component, right? Um, I mean, yeah, and that but, is different because obviously. But in fairness to him, if I, if he's in front of me. It's not necessarily a racial component because he doesn't see me, but if I brush past him, he's, you know, he's going to be startled. And for me, you know, not to give away the joke, but I generally just for my own safety and for my own peace of mind, if I'm passing people, I do something to let them know that I'm in their, pre in that I'm in the vicinity um, not to make them necessarily feel comfortable, but also for my own comfort. Or it's it's a, it's a mutual comfort thing. I don't want people misreading uh, my intentions. Sure. Right. Um, and so whether it's me, just I start singing a song. You know, if if I'm, Hakuna <laughs> Matata. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, or or maybe I'm singing. Uh, first off, let's up your clip in the set you claim. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> to let them know. Oh, someone's nearby because I because I'm always I'm always paying attention. I'm always watching people, and I and I. So if I'm behind him, um. I can see, you know, even if it's dark, I'm like, okay, I can see the the light glowing from his phone against his skin. This dude is is paying no attention zero to what's happening in my mind. I'm like, yo, that's crazy to me because I live in New York City and so I'm like, I'm just always aware yep. of of my surroundings. I was just telling someone yesterday, I was in Dubai um like a year and a half ago. And I, we took, we, the first night I got there after we ate some dinner upstairs, it's like midnight. We went and took a, we drove and then we took a walk in this other area. And I, I had my, my credit card and my ID and my, um, room key card in the little sleeve that the hotel provides. So I didn't have to walk around with this big clunky wallet. So I put it in my pocket and we get back to the hotel. I'm like, oh damn. They're like, what? I said, when I took my phone out, my my uh my little sleeve must have fallen out of my pocket. So I'm like, oh damn. He said, well you know, let's go see if we can find it. I said, oh okay. So we drove back to where we had parked and we get out of the car and as we were walking away, I said, oh Ali, I think you left your cars running. He was like, oh yeah, it's fine. I said, no. I said, but how far are we walking? He's like, well, you know, let's just walk. So I was like, all right. We we walked for a good 10, 15 minutes looking and we actually found it. We found it. Um, and we got back to the car and the car was still running. No problems. And I said, dude, 
He's like, dude, this is Dubai. Nobody's t- I could leave that car sitting there running for a week. Nobody's messing with it. And I said, that's the difference between here and there is that I'm a New Yorker. And so I'm always looking just guarded just in case. You know, I'm cautious just just to ensure my own safety and the safety of the people around me, even if it's a stranger. Just, you know, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought back to this run-in with this guy. I'm like, I, if I would have been shuffling my feet, he wouldn't have heard it. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so, you know, there's the city sounds right, in the background, right, right. and then he's staring at his phone. Like, right. I guess maybe, and I'll try, yeah, I'll sing a song or uh, walk super slow. Yeah, Here's yeah. the other problem, that um, this bridge that I walk across, uh-huh. um, there's only a sidewalk on one side. So everyone is using that one. There's nowhere else to go. Oh, wow. You have to. So again, more you reason. You can't do the, I'm going to cross the street and avoid this dog right. or this person right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. So more reason for him to pay attention and use it. And, and um, that's also because I'm of color, because I'm a black man, I'm, I'm aware of how people perceive me, but I'm also aware that if I'm passing him and he's like, ah! Now people are going. Anyone that's not nearby, that's that like, sees that. What do you do? They're looking at me like, "What did I do?" So it's all. It's it's also for my own sure. preservation, you yeah. know. And 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 that's because I've been I've been a black male all my life. That's that's something that I walk around with. That you and let, you said he's a white guy. Yeah. He's not walking around with that concern, and so neither are you. Yeah. And so it's interesting how how. Uh, how society has sort of trained us to perceive ourselves and also how really how the world perceives us. Right. And for the record, he's bigger than me and totally uh, could have taken me. Right. Right. Easily. Right, <laughs> like, right. Not a problem. Right. Um, well, that, which is why he could, he thought he could speak to you that way. I'm sure. Right. It had, you know, I did think about that. Like it came out of his mouth so fast. Uh-huh. What if I would have been you? Would he have right. said it that fast? Right. But that's, that's my point. Perception being reality. Yeah. He if he if he if he just because he didn't he wouldn't have seen my face he would have just seen six foot four big afro broad shoulders yeah sky I wonder yeah you know it's I mean who knows he might have reacted the same way but there's a good chance he he would have thought about it before he's because because people self preservation also means um you know doing what's best for you to get where you're going and to get back home safely from where you're going sure right. I'm proud to say I've ne- I've been startled in my life, you know, m- hundreds of times. Of I've never threatened anyone's right. uh, well-being right. <laughs> afterwards. Right. It's usually on me. I'm like, Jesus! Right. The- you scared the right. out of me. Right. And everybody laughs, and then you move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I want to give attention to my awesome T-shirt That's here. Do we have this t-shirt. on camera That's here, Malcolm? That's a dope T-shirt right there. Yes. Cool for the mucker. This cool is a Dean mucker. Edwards shirt that he yeah. gave me. I think the 2018 is the oh, dates on okay. the back. Okay. Do you still have these around? I actually said... It's funny because last night uh, Nate said, "Are you?" No, Hannah said, "Are you selling merch?" I said, "Not, not this time. I gotta get." Uh, I was just, I just looked at a an old uh, email with my orders because I said, "You know what? I gotta, I gotta do some new tea." Because people, people that wear them, I do shows. And I was just in D.C. and these guys were like, "Dude, I, I could tell from the year, right?" Because I, I, and I, if I started doing them in 2012, 2013. And the first place I sold them was in D.C. And these guys had this shirts from 2012. And nice. I was like, dude, I was also proud that they still held up 
uh, well for nearly a decade of, yeah. of, of wearing them. Um, but it's just, it's, I think it's just a cool, it's a fly shirt. And, and I like to put, for anybody out there that, that is ever thinking about doing merchandise, if you do t-shirts, you find a joke that it's tied to, because I have a joke about cussing dyslexically with Beyonce. Uh, she's a fine for the mucker. And, um, and then if you, if you do anything on the back, put your name or your website and your logo, and then put tour dates, tour dates, lock in the the memory for whoever came to see you right so excuse me if i if i came in 2018 and it said acme i don't know say uh july you know 16th through the 19th um then people like oh you know what i have a memory that he repped he came to my city during this time during this year so that's 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 what made me start doing the um the tour dates. On the I back. have a I have a few T-shirts from comedians uh, that have been on the podcast, and some of them don't have their name on it or their uh, website. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's brand recognition. Yes, because I, I, I should be I, mandatory. I, yeah, I I was uh I, I, where was I? I was uh, maybe Vegas or somewhere, and this guy um this guy walked up and he was like, hey, what is that? I see I see it says comedy, and I said, oh I'm a, and he was like, and then when I turned around, he was like, wait you uh. Yeah, comedian, right? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, dude, man, you fucked that Denzel. And I was like, and which goes in my joke early last night that I was saying, my level of celebrity is not yet on the level of Sebastian Maniscalco or Kevin Hart, you know. But it's I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. I'm doing everything I I can to help. I you know with that. you are, Justin. <laughs> I appreciate it. Bro. Thank you very much for Thank doing you. this. Always, uh, always a pleasure, man. I I assume we'll do this again in a year. Or so yeah, yeah, God willing. Hopefully by 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 next year when we do this. Uh, race the movie the play will have been an even bigger success off Broadway and the goal by next year is to have shot the special and have it getting ready to you know go up on either a network or a streamer of some sort you know and and also because the writers strike right now is is um is holding back like we I'm working on something with Tiffany Haddish's production company and um but no, nobody. You can't sell anything right now because nobody's nobody's buying because no one's working. Right. You know. But that's uh, that's by by this time. By the time I'm back here next time, um, you know, if, unless we're shooting actually shooting the special here, which could happen. Um, I the goal is to have shot. You know, a a a. a but, my special is to shoot a a world renowned generation affecting comedy special. Uh, by that I mean the same way I still refer to Richard Pryor live in concert over forty years later, or Eddie Murphy Delirious and what it did to me when I was a teenager. That's what I want the the special that speaks to a uh, generation of comics that my contemporaries that make them say, damn, I got to go right, you know, and speaks to like newer comics or someone that's just sitting in their, you know, their bedroom watching on their phone and they're, you know, they, they finish playing something on PS5 and they watch my special and like, man, I want to do that. You know, that that's, that's what Eddie Murphy did to me. So that's what I, my goal is to um, put something out in, in the, uh, in the cluttered universe of comedy, comedy regulars, every every special is not special, right? I want to put out something that's an opus in the, the this amazing special that 
affects a generation of, of future comics. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks, Justin. Thank you so much for listening to No Laugh Track Podcast, the show with a new comedian headliner every single week with me, the host, Justin Severson. The show is produced in the heart of Minneapolis's North Loop neighborhood at the legendary Acme Comedy Club. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and watch the video version on our official No Laugh Track YouTube channel. Wherever you are enjoying the pod, remember, drop a like, leave a review, and please tell your friends about the show. And most importantly, come to Acme and see my show in person.